Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I was a-bouncing and a-laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang on. Well, I can't recall a time All right, guys, what's up? So a little bit fun. of a short intro today. This and is the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Carl Auto Group. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Josh Gerlich. Uh, he joins me for this one. Damon couldn't join us. He's out recruiting a big five-star uh, woman's bowling recruit for Columbia. It could be massive. Get him down. It might not result in one. So now the pressure's on because I'm telling everyone that he's doing this. So he's going to have to find one by the end of the season to say that it went well tonight. I'm not listening again if he uh, if he doesn't come back with one. So <laughs> sure. I know he. Uh, I know he really wanted to do that interview. He just couldn't uh, tonight. So it's it's Monday night here. We're going to put it up on uh, Tuesday. I'm going to send a tweet out uh, with everything. But wanted to thank uh, Carl Auto Group uh, for sponsoring us, partnering with us, and allowing us uh, to be able to do stuff like this. Um, and to get the guy gunning for a championship on the week that he's going for it is fantastic. Hopefully, uh, he'll win it on Saturday. And we can maybe we'll call him on Saturday night just unannounced and I'll just have the recorder by my phone. We can get, maybe get some sound bites. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. David, if you're listening back to the interview to see if you did good, just expect a call from me Saturday night and then we'll, we'll have a night. We'll have a celebration over the phone for 10 minutes and we'll, we'll put on the podcast. So Josh, uh, big four day format at Charlotte this year. Great weather forecast. Um, I know they're taking feature points for qualifying on Saturday. What do you think of everything going on? And you're a guy that's been to Charlotte, so you'd probably know more, way more about this event than me. Cause up until a couple of years ago, I always thought the world finals were the monster truck world championships. So 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not very uh, up to speed on the format for this year. I know they did change it, but yeah, we uh, a bunch of us uh, boys went down to uh, Charlotte last year, and it was a it was a good time. Uh, it's definitely a big event, and uh, you can feel the buzz and stuff. And I think the, the weather is going to be really good. Um, I mean, you can't ask for anything better in the uh, the sprint car race. You know, you got um, such a, a close points battle, the drama last week, and. You know, I think David's ready. You know, he's he's to be the man. You got to beat the man, and that's who Brad Sweet's been lately. So, looking forward to it. Honestly, he's he's close, so close now that it's kind of like one of those. I don't know. I I don't like the old, like this is how it's been for thirty eight years. So this is how it's going to be this season, guys. And I, I turned into one. Like two three weeks ago on the podcast, I was like, he's probably too far back. I, I don't know if we should even be talking about this. It's always possible. That's why they run the races. That's why uh, the Citadel was tied with Alabama in football like six years ago at halftime. Uh, it, stuff happens, you know. Uh, I, I think he'll get it done. That's a biased pick because he was just on our show. But uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's so good. 16 he's points. He's out. so good if, there. As, if they, if, hey, we saw last week, though, one part failure. Man, if they even gave him last place points for the three races he missed in 2020, he's the 2020 champion. That's that's what kind of stinks. Yeah. Um, especially because yeah. it's like, man, you, you should want your guys racing in series that are on TV every week. You, that shouldn't be a negative that they're racing there this week instead of your your series. I, if it's 10 times, I understand. You know, that's different than three. He's on a tryout. Because you do have, you do get provisionals, you know, an X, X number of provisionals um, that you can get that into should, a race that be written into qualify it. for. That should be written into it, and all these rules should be as public as possible. There's people that have no clue what a World of Outlaws Platinum driver is, what kind of, uh, what that agreement is like with those guys. So I, I think that should all be public and yeah. transparent and, and let the court of public opinion kind of, uh, go where where it might and to bring like an extreme example like i'm a bubba wallace guy if you only read facebook comments you'd think he's the devil and if you only read um half the comments on our twitter then you'd think he's an all right guy but the other half was just facebook people using twitter so and i'm not pointing yeah. to political sides there it's just a lot of you know, that's just social media for you. But, but and it, that was to a decision that I agreed with. So I, what I'm trying to say is some people might not like it when you put that stuff out, but being transparent in its own way, just telling people what's going on with this is better than keeping it behind a curtain for people to assume things about it. Cause that's where the opinions can get really pointed with no and conspiracies. Action. Yeah. Yeah. That same, same thing. The, the we're holding the, uh, restart until Brad sweet is fixing his car. Yeah. Yeah. I watched, You're the, always gonna have I watched the all-stars do it for Aaron Reitzel for an oil, oil spill on the track that had to be cleaned up and it took 35 minutes to clean up the oil spill. It took 32 to fix Aaron Reitzel's car. So you'd be, you'd be the judge on that one. Um, or we can just agree that it, it probably is a coincidence. I don't know. I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't set up a clock. Maybe they should put a clock on the broadcast. We're getting really deep into the You're, you're never going to please everybody. That is well. No. Yeah, I think that's that the always point end up. Um, I'm psyched that Dennis Herb is winning the late model title. Uh, I think that's really cool for his wife's, his crew chief, like that story in itself is insane. Yeah. He's won a bunch this year too. He's got a real poker face too, but it's not like a, uh, I'm hiding something. It's like, I'm very determined. And if you walk in front of me, I'll push you over. It's kind of crew chief I want. Yeah. It's in the best way. I'm not, I'm not faulting her for it. Josh getting me in trouble on this one. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, who, uh, who else do you like this weekend at Charlotte? Do you think Brad, uh, has a shot to win any of these? I mean, he hasn't been great at Charlotte, but he's done, he's done his job and he's won the last three titles. That right there. I mean, like I said, I, I, I think that David has the clear momentum coming yeah, when, into when I say great weekend. When I say great, it's specifically just hasn't won as much as David. Five, five wins in six five years. to seven. Yeah. And he swept the weekend in 2019. I would say, I think there's two, two races every year. So he's won six of the last 12 features. You definitely probably want to be in his shoes. Six the last twelve or six thirteen. Yeah, I don't know, man. It uh, that track too. Like it can change. I meant to ask this to, to David as well, but that, that track with you're getting a lot of laps on it with a lot of different cars, and uh, you never. I mean, from a from a fan's perspective, I, I don't think you never you never really know what track you're going to end up with too. So I was playing out the video game. Slick. Very tricky. <laughs> Very tricky. It looks tricky. Ross Chastain has but, opened the door uh, for me to say that for every racetrack that's on a video. Oh, Ross. Hopefully, we don't see that move down in Charlotte. I don't say that. Well, I, I don't think it'll work. <laughs> Maybe the lay models. I'd like Not to see a big, car. You never give know. Me a big, give me a big Maybe block on that. You imagine a big block with the right rear? <laughs> Just the right rear fender on the wall. I don't think it would end car. very well for them. I, I think that might work in a big block. Maybe not specifically at Charlotte, but like you find a bullring racetrack. I don't know. You would think it would get, it would catch. Yeah. That, well, that was the Plus thing. Those cup Chastain, cars are so damn rigid. You Chastain's just bounce off and keep going. Like it, that's like a almost one in a hundred chance. You feel like because we've seen stuff get torn up, and, and these cars are different. They're a little more durable um, in certain areas, right? Like you know talking about safety injury stuff like that that part like obviously has deviated like the old car would have been shredded by the time it got to the middle of the turn yeah that would definitely not have worked in the old car for sure i threw yeah, out a, i don't know i threw out a tweet as a joke saying that every denny hanlon fan should be uh uh what do you call it giving it to nascar to put a chicane in the middle of the third and fourth line <laughs> Don't put it past them. It's there's just you have to like. It's going to come down to a shade of gray rule, um, and I know Jordan Bianchi was talking about that on the teardown. I listened to it uh, driving back here on Sunday night, but it's 
you can't have what Gluck was suggesting was something of like wrecking someone for the win. You should never win the race. But I, I feel like that's bad too, because you can wreck someone on accident. You know, we've in some of the best finishes have been someone accidentally wrecking someone and it. It just is the way it plays out. Right. Yeah. But I think and, you have, you have to make it a rule that's just like, don't floor it all the way in the corner against the wall. You can't use the wall, but then you go to Homestead and it's like, well, you're going to floor it anyways. Yeah. But one of like my biggest thing with, with the Ross move, um, and I don't want to talk about it too much cause I know you and Damon have already, but with, with oh, the safety totally issues okay. that we've this had is, with the car. This is like the first like positive, like big NASCAR story. I, I will sit here and milk it. I don't, I don't care. Not in, not yeah, in a, I just not don't in a like... bad way there. Not, not to say we're trying to clickbait you guys. We do talk about that with David. Next interview, yeah, yeah. Don, we are going to get some clickbait quotes. I didn't want to pressure him this week. We don't want the distractions. <laughs> That's on Saturday night after some, uh, exactly. Some crown apple, but no, I, I mean, you know, you're a driver, you have your other drivers out there as well. If, if you're Ross Chastain, um, Tyler Reddick had whatever happened with that. I mean, he didn't even wreck and does he have a concussion or whatever? You know, you've seen crashes at Martinsville where the track is completely blocked. Well, what if that happens out of turn four and he's hauling ass, you know, a second and a half faster than everybody else at that track in that car? That well, even to me just seems very short sighted. So you have a piece of debris sitting up there, you know, in the loose rubber. Say so you have something yeah. up there that's going to deviate the car to move it to the left. Crossover at a sharp angle. You could you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, you know, NASCAR is pretty lucky that nothing seriously bad happened because that would have been just the absolute worst look. You know. You know how? No. Do you know how lucky NASCAR going into the championship that, race, dude? If if that didn't happen, we'd be sitting here talking about. Can Denny win a title again? We've done that storyline many a times. I hope he gets one. I don't want him to not have one. And I've turned into a Hamlin fan listening to him. The circle works. I, I love what they do and they hate on Denny Hamlin so much. And I'm sitting here like, Shh, I'm drawing a rivalry again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it, it, that saved what that race was. It's for, best case scenario for NASCAR okay. yeah, with, exactly. with how it's worked out. Oh, because you've got, I mean, shit, you got TikToks, you got shorts, YouTube shorts, you got 3 million views on a tweet with that. I mean, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want going into your championship race. But if something did go bad, man, that's a lot of bad pub going into your biggest race of the season, maybe. Absolutely. You need to take some uh, preventative measures. Uh, not, yeah, that comes off that strongly too. We, we talked about strong words with David. Words that you know, when you read Kyle Larson's quote, it sounds way more intense than it was in the video. Um, we talked. It's a great interview with David. It didn't start out great. My internet is ass. I'm on a hot spot right now because uh, it went out ten minutes before we were going to start the interview. Uh, was working fine all day. So don't don't look at me there. Uh, but yeah. It, that's something with NASCAR that's like you, you kind of need that. And I know the dirt fans today, you know, it wasn't, I didn't see many dirt fans saying like, oh, well, that, that's NASCAR. You can do video game stuff, which is kind of, you know, you know, the bad dirt fan, right? That's, that's just watching the NASCAR race to pick something up to hate on it. Kind of like I'll do with F1, but I feel like everything's justified. I try to give them props when they do, when they do good things. Uh, seldom. <laughs> But usually, usually they get the hate 
um, to it. And I, I saw a couple of people like, how come like a big, a big dirt racing move like this doesn't get the attention. And I, I just want to say it's not to the fault of us. Cause we'll throw that highlight out and we'll be like, if you don't like this, if you don't think this is cool. And I, I tweet this every time that a race lives up to that hype and it, it happens multiple times a year. And that's how cool the sport is. But I say, if you don't like this, I can't help you can't help me with what I can't help you in life. Like, don't talk to me because you're so far <laughs> lost here. Because if you, if you don't think that's impressive, then I, I don't know what to say to you um, in any kind of conversation. I just can't, we can't, we can't have a conversation. Would, would even be a kind of an equivalent to that move. Like, is it like the Sheldon deal up at Houston's? Like what's yeah, even well, close Sheldon's, to that kind of uh, Sheldon's helmet yeah. throw was pretty impressive. It did go pretty far. Oh, you're talking about, I'm just no, I'm not talking about the, <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's, dude, but that's how I felt that race. You know what I mean? Like that, that yeah, was, it really did. Cause he, the race, he rode the cushion and all of a sudden he's there and they're going across the line. The race is over. I thought it was Corey LaJoy. I didn't think that was Ross Chastain. I was like, oh. how, why is Corey LaJoy in the wall? I didn't even see, cause I was looking at christopher bell for some reason my eyes were were paved on christopher bell and for for the flack we give ross chastain i feel like an idiot for not watching deliberately what he was going to do on his screen with two cars to pass going into the final turn you're not going to make that mistake again now though i I missed the only chance i had to see that um (laughs) see it because i was just sitting there stunned i'm like what what did he do and then they went to it on the broadcast afterwards they're like oh my god he he did he went around and he made it work and I couldn't sit here and describe it. I still can't sit here and describe it now, but it it felt like that college football, Joe Burrow moment of like a a game winning touchdown in LSU uniform with his name spelled. I don't think that that's his name spelled in Louisiana on the back, like as ridiculous (laughs) as that was and how clutch it it looked. That's what that moment felt like. And that I don't, I, I don't want to be the broken record guy that says like, that's the stuff NASCAR needs. Cause that's a once in a lifetime freaking thing we watched, but yeah. that was super cool. Um, and you're not going to catch me saying that I don't, I don't like that for that day. Cause that it, it went as good as it could have. And they are very lucky for it. Yeah. All right. So bring this full circle back to, to Charlotte. I was just looking at the, the point standings here. As it stands now, this is pretty wild if it were to, to hold like this. Brad Sweet has less wins, less top fives, and less top tens than David Gravel. And he has a 16-point lead. That's that was pretty crazy. That is the no DNF. Um, yep. I, you can conspiracy theory all you want. Point me to a really bad rack that Brad Sweet's been in. I mean, he flipped over at Houston's and kept going. I mean, it's that's really, not, it it is bad really rack, tough. That's... It is really tough to remember a bad rack that Brad Sweet has gotten. And he's a very smart racer. He's very good at his craft. That's why he's won three titles in a row. I don't think it's as much a remember... conspiracy thing as much as it is people like they point to that perfect lap total. They're like, he's on the lead lap every race. That's not possible. You can't be that good. He races for points. He does, he does the thing that uh, NASCAR, um, should I say like 
uh, opinionized or what's the word for I thought that never mind. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to do more thinking tonight. Got it. I opined, NASCAR opined that fans might not have liked a guy racing in third and not trying to go for the win because it's a good points day. But Brad Sweet sure as hell is going to sit there in third and, and say it's a good points day. You know, and dirt guys, dirt guys don't elude the points as much, which I hate. I think that give me all the points talk. You know, that's why we're on a tour. That's why I agree. That's why we have this national brand that keeps growing. That's the extra storyline that people go to the race to see. And it's a big night when you change points leaders. That should be a huge thing. That should be the first thing people talk about unless someone pulled a Ross Chastain or something of like one tenth the monumental impact that had. But still, that's a lot, you know. Um, But yeah, it's points racing. He's very good at it. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me a lot of like a baseball season too, you know, I mean, you, you play a, it's a very long season for baseball and for the world of outlaws and you know, a bad race or a bad game. It doesn't matter when it happens. It still counts the same as all the other ones. Exactly. Someone came on my Twitter tonight and put up a, a thing of uh, who should we replace this mural with? And it was a mural of Chris Bryant. It's despicable. I saw that. Yeah. I kind of want to send a follow up yeah, and say, like, they should strip away your Cubs fan card. Short hey, memory, apparently. Well, here's the one MVP uh, to your one World Series team. Yep. And now you think his mural should be gone? No, right no, no. Paint, paint a, a small David Ross mural standing on the shoulders of Chris Bryant. You got to have Jason Hayward in there too. I I wish they put more of the team in it because I still I have my couple of Cubs World Series champion shirt and I have one with the roster on it and I have a picture with the roster on it and it's really cool to have. But when you're sitting there watching a Cubs game in 2018 and half the roster's gone, uh, and then 2019 comes and the other half the roster's gone and you have like your core four and they trade three of the four of those guys, then you kind of tell the rich owner whose family's like really problematic towards my people and i'll leave it at that uh but you kind of you kind of hate it and you kind of hate uh a lot of the things about it and now you're less interested in the world series that you should be loving because there's guys that you cheered for for four years that are playing in it but i'll make you a promise when uh, wilson Contreras is wearing the birds on the bat i, I swear to god if he gets traded to the cardinals i I don't think I'll watch another baseball game again. I'll abandon Duke baseball too. Like that, I won't even entertain going to Omaha. Did you know? Did you know they hang banners in Omaha that that say the greatest show on dirt? I did not. It's absolute bullshit. They hang World of Outlaw banners. No, they. That's what I'm saying. They hang. It's College World Series. It's their slogan. They stole it from the world of outlaws, right, right from under our noses, everybody. So if you see one, I'm giving you open permission to vandalize it. If you need a written note, I will give it. And that was Connor Ferguson. Yes. Well, I just really want to see a cop on video, like getting a note like that. Just fold it up in someone's wallet. Yeah. This guy said I can do it. 
What are you talking about illegal? Connor Ferguson, it, always it's illegal the for them. The hell is that? It's illegal for them to steal someone else's logo. If I was the world of outlaws, I'd sue them because th there's a pot of money sitting there. If you can prove that you had that first, oh, give it to me. Give it to me all day. Maybe you should bring it up to him and see if there's a finder's fee. I, well, this is, I'm going to hold it in my pocket because if they ever get mad at me for something enough to try and sue me, I'll say, let's team up and sue them. Sounds airtight. I, I agree. Full proof. Every word in the book. All right. Good luck to uh, David this weekend. Uh, no, no hard feelings to Brad Sweet or anything. Um, I guess we'll root for David. Well, I'll, I'll root for a story. David's is really cool. Um, I just hope they both, I hope they don't have any issues. I want to see him race it out. May the best man win. I, yeah. And like I told you before we started recording, I think they should just line them up on the front row on Saturday and say, go. Let's do it. You could put, you know what? Put all three series on the track at the same time too. They do just, I know, but like for the race, just surprise green flag, Let them race. David, David, grab David, uh, David and Brad, they do that. Go, at, go for it. Don't they do that at Boone? Don't they have like a something? I don't remember what they call it, but don't they have a race where they have a whole bunch of different cars on the track at the same time and actually race? Yeah. I feel like they used to, and it got miscontinued, discontinued. Um, this is, I implore Boone Speedway, stop putting your damn super nationals on Cyhawk weekend. It's annoying, childish, and dumb. Okay. Well, you have your biggest race of the year. And I have people, I get hate comments every year. That's like, why aren't you here? And it's like, I'm, I'm at the Cyhawk game. I am not paying attention to this. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that we don't cover and you're, you're trying to host a major event what you are billing as a major event, I should say, because it's not unless you move the date. You're trying to host what you bill as a major event on the day of the biggest event in the state of Iowa that isn't the Knoxville Nationals. Absolute buffoonery. Yeah, I don't disagree. That is, that is like my most solid hill that I'll die on. I'll die on much bigger hills that will crumble. Um, like Jim Kohler being the greatest driver of all time. He's a monster truck guy. If you didn't like invert stock too. And what? But you don't like inverts. Oh yeah. No, I hate inverts. Um, Aldoris formats. I just add that to the list. Yeah. Mostly, mostly the though, misfortune. Yeah. This, yeah. The, the, it still hurts me that I had a chance to destroy that thing with my hands. Yeah. I had it in my hands. So live and learn. <laughs> live and learn. Well, that probably, that probably would have been getting me in more trouble than if I would have spray painted over the greatest show on dirt on the College <laughs> World Series banner. At least, you, I mean, you would have been able to say you've been to Eldora once. So there's that. I have pictures like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be the guy in the broadcast that's like some deranged maniac just took out the <laughs> wheel. We have a smaller one. Oh, it's man. in the supply closet. I saw the smaller one. Honestly, if I, if I was confirmed that there was not another replacement, then maybe like the chances go up. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this interview with David. It's uh, very good. He's, 
fantastic person, fantastic racer, and we wish him the best this weekend. Uh, four nights, World Finals. Can't wait for it, and uh, let's watch some racing this week, fellas. Appreciate y'all listening. We might be back uh, for one more episode, preview the NASCAR title race. It'll probably be with Damon or Chris, maybe both of them, if we get lucky on our schedules. But I uh, appreciate Josh filling in tonight for this one. And uh, shout out to Damon. That five-star recruit will probably sign out, Damon. Signed by tomorrow. Good job, Damon. You guys tweet Damon tomorrow. And just ask him. Tweet on, By tomorrow, I mean Tuesday. But just tweet Damon, send him, and just say, did that recruit sign yet? When are we going to hear the announcement? Josh is setting his reminder to do it. I'll, I'll do it at like 1030 Central. I don't want to be the first, though, so I need like three or four of you guys to do it before me. Bright and early, 6 a.m., I'll do it. All right. Thank you, Damon. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thanks a ton. All right, guys, we've got a very special guest coming on the show this week uh, with World of Outlaws full-time driver of the number two big game motorsports cards, David Gravel, uh, looking to clinch his first World of Outlaws championship uh, this weekend at Charlotte. David, what's going through your mind right now? We're a couple days away from uh, the three biggest races of your career uh, up to this point, I think. Uh, yeah, man, I didn't want a weekend off. That's for sure. I wanted to keep the momentum rolling and, and go with that. But uh, Charlotte's been a track that's been really, really good to me here in the past and uh, looking forward to the week. Yeah, no, uh, I I'm, was going through looking at stats and stuff, and I, I was somewhat new to the world of outlaws and, you know, seriously covering it until I got into this job and everything. And your lights out at Charlotte. You have wins there five of the last six years. You swept the weekend in 2019. Uh, what's the key to success there? What makes you so good? Yeah, just putting yourself in position, qualifying well, and, uh, you know, getting in those dashes, you, you got to start up front to win these races. There's guys that will charge, but, uh, you got to start up front. And, uh, a couple of the races that I've won, I haven't been the fastest car. So you just got to be in position and, uh, you know, just race your race and, uh, you know, see how it all unfolds. Absolutely. Um, going through, you know, coming into October, the race before that, you were 96 points back. You've had six races in a row where you finished in front of Brad Sweet uh, since he won at Sharon, I believe. Um, just how everything's transpired and you kept your solid finishes. He had a DNF, his first DNF in two years almost. What, uh, what does that do for you kind of in the back of your mind as you chase down this title and, you know, you come into these three races now and you're like, wow, this is actually possible. We can do this. Yeah. You know, we just do our thing, but I feel like the last couple of months, uh, we've kind of found something, um, and we're just hitting our stride right now. Uh, me and Cody are getting along good and, um, we have a couple packages. If one package doesn't work, we'll throw the other one at it. And it seems to be pretty good. And, um, you know, all these tracks have been bigger tracks, higher speed tracks. Um, and that suits uh, our engine program. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm good on the big tracks as well. So I'm excited to get back to Charlotte. Cause I think that, uh, our, our car was even, uh, that, amazing last year and we ran first and fourth so i think we have a lot of confidence going back to charlotte um and kind of put forward what we've been doing here the last few weeks and using that and uh really looking forward to it josh you want to go ahead 
Yeah, so that uh, you kind of found some stuff uh, here recently. Is that you know just is it year two? I believe in in the new team, and is that just communication, cars, everything, kind of all together, just kind of culminating in this this late race or late season push. Uh, it's a combination, but yeah, obviously year two, uh, more comfortable, um, and. I think Cody has realized that we could try some stuff and I could kind of carry the car and um, be a little bit more fearless. When Donnie Shops is winning championships in over 20 races a year, they're trying crazy stuff. They're changing front wheels as a, an adjustment on the car. And that's just absolutely, uh, you know, unheard of. So I feel like uh, just being together, being confident and Cody being confident as a crew chief and um, him growing as a crew chief, as a world of outlaw crew chief, he, he never was on the world of outlaw tour as a crew chief until last year. So he's constantly learning. And I feel like I'm almost a veteran of the team uh, being on the world of outlaw tour. And um, yeah, we're just been working well together and um, yeah, just kind of being fearless and not, nothing to lose and seeing what sticks and it's all paying off. Anyone that sits down and watches even 20 World Allies races a year, I kind of feel like they're bound to see you win three or four poles. You've been super good at qualifying. Kind of a new format this year where Saturday qualifying is going to be the points from the first two nights. What do you think of that format? And are you uh, still excited for it? Do you still think you can use that to your advantage uh, being fast and qualifying? Yeah, I mean, it's all the feature points combined. You know, my plan is to uh, continue to, to beat Brad each night. And that's our goal. If I think if we beat him every night, we'll be in very good shape. So, um, you know, we're just going to try to run good run our own race and, um, you know, try to get in those dashes and, and try to run consistently up front. I think if you get a, a couple top fives, you're, you're going to be in the pole or second in a heat race and, um, you get through that heat race and then you're in good shape for the third night. So obviously that's easier said than done. There's going to be a lot of good cars there but um, we're just going to put our head down and, and keep doing what we're doing. I want to, I like to keep it light on here, but I got one serious thing. Uh, do you want to guarantee the championship win? No, I mean, I, I'll <laughs> never do that. You know, nothing, nothing's a guarantee in life. Um, I'm just happy to have a chance uh, to race for a championship. And, you know, like everybody said, you know, a month ago being 98 points out, he won a race at Sharon, you know, it didn't look like there was any chance at all, but, um, you know, you always go back and look at the season, what you could do different, uh, to close the gap. But, um, you know, it is what it is. All we could do is uh, move forward with what we have. And, you know, we still got a chance. So I know the, the cliche, you know, you can only take one race at a time and, and there is truth to that. Um, you know what you're racing for this, this, and so how do you do that, you know, one race at a time deal and, and make sure you don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, obviously that's easier said than done. You, know, you could say you're going to do one thing and, and maybe do another, but, um, I think that it's just one thing at a time qualify good. All right. That's down hopefully. And then heat race start in the front row, hopefully getting that dash, you know, getting that dash, you know, if we get a good or bad draw, I don't really care at Charlotte. It's really wide, uh, typically racy. You could start eighth in a, in a dash and run fourth. Um, and still have a great chance to have a good run. Yay main. So I think you just break it down for every time you hit the track and, um, you just go with that and, you know, the weekend's probably going to fly by and it all happens so fast. So one race at a time, man. And yeah, just go from there. 
you've been close before to winning the title uh, in 2020 you ran two nascar truck races you uh ran an arca race uh you only missed one world of allies show um but that was obviously kind of detrimental to winning that title how much would it mean to you to get this one this weekend and kind of vindicate that um that 2020 championship you missed out on yeah, that 2021, I think I missed three races or maybe four. And still, was, I might have wrote down a wrong number. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was three or four. It, it was definitely more than two. Uh, um, and I don't know if JJR, I believe they were really close to the owner's title that year. I think we were under 20 points, I believe, separating the, the leader there. But, yeah, that was a bummer. But, obviously, uh, I, I saw, you know, the history. There's only been 11 World of Outlaw champions, I believe, or 10. Um, so it's definitely an elite category and something that uh, would be truly an honor. So something that is very, very important to me, uh, that and a King's Royal, those are at the top of the list. And, uh, you know, hopefully one day. Now I, uh, talked to your dad a ton at Houston's and a little bit at, uh, nationals this year. Um, kind of, what are your thoughts, you know, now, um, and just all things considered on, uh, NASCAR and ever going back there, are you pretty set on, on wanting to be a dirt guy or is it kind of just, one year at a time, take things as they go. Yeah, I, I've always been consistent with what uh, I've been saying is I just want to race for a living. As long as I'm a race car driver, do what I'm doing for a living, I'm happy. Now, if I got an opportunity to race in NASCAR or Formula One or IndyCar, I mean, that would be, you know, truly an honor and a dream come true. But um, if sprint car racing is where I'm meant to be for my whole career, uh, it is what it is. I learned the business in NASCAR a little bit uh, when I dabbled in it, and it costs a lot of money. You know, it's $100,000 to run one truck race. Um, and when I race in sprint cars, I, I don't have to bring any money to the table. People want me because of who I am, my talent, and uh, what I could bring to a team. So I can't say that about for NASCAR. I'm an old man now. I'm 30. So nobody wants a 30-year-old guy in, in NASCAR, it seems hypothetically uh you win the next three world of outlaw titles someone pays you to drive for their nascar team whether it's truck xfinity cup whatever how big would that be for an organization like the world of outlaws to have a guy like you um win titles here and go up there and succeed not even, i don't want to say up say over there yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of, say, proven World Ballot guys have had uh, much NASCAR careers. Um, You'd think the Larson thing, but, thing would bump that <laughs> stereotype. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. But, you know, Larson is obviously a uh, generational talent. Um, you know, I think he's definitely the best out there today in the world, probably. Um you know, in a given night, I feel like for sure I could compete. Um, but he's obviously really, really good. Um, but I'm confident in my ability. I feel like people are definitely more open-minded to dirt racing, uh, today as it, than they were, you know, years ago, even though Tony Stewart, Casey Kane, uh, Jeff Gordon kind of came all the dirt way and had very successful careers. But, um, I think today, uh, NASCAR owners letting their drivers run dirt races, maybe non-dirt guys now run sprint car races or do dabble in dirt. dirt. There's more eyes on dirt than there's ever been.
How important do you think the branding of that is uh, as a guy, you have 20,000 subscribers on YouTube and, you know, just like the answers are giving us, like you're taking guys, taking fans through your night at the track, like, Hey, we did this in qualifying. This is where we're at now. And let's hope we go make another run. But how important is that branding and getting people that might not be familiar with it, you know, accustomed to what it actually is and it being a really highly competitive sport. Yeah, I would say that I'm I'm happy of the 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wish I would get more views. I feel like my views are very subpar, but I could tell you that it translates 100% of the people that watch my videos come to the racetrack. Uh, so many people come up to me and then you'll get comments or people coming up to the track saying they've never been to a dirt track race, never been to a sprint car race, or they haven't been in 20 years. And I was a suggested video on YouTube. They watched it and now they're hooked. So I know what I'm doing is working maybe on a small scale, um, but uh, I'm going to continue to do it and be consistent with it. But uh, I think it's definitely working in, in my mindset of social media and what I do for a living is so important. I think it's all about building your name, building your brand. I think you got to be on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, you know, Twitter, you got to be on everything, Facebook, um, you got to do it all. And, uh, having an online store works well and, uh, providing your merchandise, you know, worldwide is another thing you got to do as well. Can we expect more, uh, TikTok dances if you won the title on Saturday? If I'm drinking a couple drinks, I might dance. What's your beer of choice? I don't drink beer. I'm more of a mixed, mixed drink guy. Jeez. What's the go-to? I like crown apple, uh, with cranberry, uh, captain and Coke, uh, like cranberry vodka, stuff like that. See, Connor, you need to branch out a little bit. No, I, I definitely do. Me and uh, Ricky Weiss, David, if you know uh, that name, he's a late model guy, but I make fun of him because he's the only late model guy that doesn't like beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do that with David. Yeah, I've never liked the taste, and I just won't drink it. I don't know why. You got to enjoy it if you're going to drink it. I think the like the the YouTube piece in, in TikTok and just social and stuff, it's cool because you already get a lot of access at the racetrack with drivers in the world of outlaws. You know, you can walk right up and talk to you or talk to anybody else. And that just gives another peek behind the curtain um, even a little bit more and, and get to know you even more. Um, I saw you lobbying Odell Beckham Jr. to uh, to get to a world of outlaw race. What would that mean if, if somebody like, I mean, he's an international celebrity. If, if he was at a world of outlaw race, with David Gravel, you uh, show him around and do. Yeah, that would be really cool. Obviously, for some reason, I don't know if one of his people went to a thrift store or Goodwill or something and found that Donnie Shots T-shirt or how that all. You don't think he bought it himself? I no. <laughs> that was the hardest uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say no, but it's cool, um, and I'm glad somebody spotted it, and it's cool he responded back to TSR. Um, obviously yeah. Tony Stewart has a, is a huge name, probably a global name. And that's probably why his Twitter account where he responded. So, um, I think it would be cool. Um, I'm a huge football fan. Um, I grew up in the Northeast. Um, and, uh, I think I would get along good with him. <laughs> uh, David, I wanted to be picked up on that. If if he was wearing a if he was wearing a DG shirt, do you think uh, would you still say that he didn't uh, buy it himself? 
Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say there's a very small chance he's going to shop DGR.com to buy David Bradley shirt. What, uh, what was, were you guys' uh, kind of reactions to that? Did you talk to anyone else? Like, well, that's actually kind of crazy. Cause I know that night it was just a super slow night, um, just in the world of racing. And all of a sudden Odell Beckham has a Donnie shots shirt on. Did you have any reaction to it? Like, I thought it was super random. I'm like, man, uh, you know, that that's crazy. He chooses out to work out and I figured he have some sort of dry fit shirt on, but, um, he decided to wear an old cotton R and R race wear t-shirt. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely random, especially a, a guy like him. Um, you think maybe, you know, maybe a country boy, uh, w- would be wearing a sprint car shirt more than somebody like him. You know, I think he's from, LA or, or he's from somewhere in California, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I was definitely surprised, especially a high talent, high level guy like that, uh, was wearing, uh, you know, a hillbilly type racing shirt. <laughs> and we we're, uh, we we're talking about branding and stuff. Um, and we've had a ton of fun with the new world of allies video game. Uh, what was it like seeing yourself on the game? And I wanted to ask if you paid an extra premium to have your driver AI drive so cleanly. Really? I don't know. I've been getting a lot of hate mail saying that I've been running rough. So oh, no, I end up wrecking Spencer based in every race. Really? So, Spencer cuts me off straight away corners. You kind of shy away on the game, I think. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a good thing. I'm hopefully gaining fans, not losing them, but obviously it's an honor. Obviously everybody played the 2002 game, um, growing up and it obviously was superior to any other game at the time and nothing came out even close to it for what, 20 years. So, um, now, now there's a good game out, which is cool. Um, it's an honor to be in a video game. Uh, the one thing that kind of stings for me is we got a bunch of guys in the game, in my opinion, that shouldn't be, it's no disrespect to anybody, but, um, it's a world of outlaws sprint car game. And we got guys that maybe race less than five times in a four ten and in a whole season. So, um, it's one of those things. Uh, it's definitely an honor. I'm very happy and it's a pretty good product. Um, it's definitely more arcade style. I think the story mode is pretty good, but I think that the benefit of video games nowadays is DLC downloadable content. You know, they're adding the UMP modifieds. I know over time they'll probably add Husits and maybe Jackson's to the game. Um, so I think there's a lot of cool things that you're not going to get bored with the game. Kind of like call of duty. They're always changing something, um, and adding a, a weapon or whatever. So I think that's what, if 2002 game had all that stuff, I mean, people would still be playing it, but you got to have online lobbies nowadays. And that's awesome that this game allows that. And uh, I'm very happy to, to be in the game. Now that, that's interesting. You say that about the, the guys that were in it. Um, do you think, and I'm, I'm not trying to contest you here. Cause I, I think the, the more, real world drivers the better and i think they do a good job with highlighting you guys as platinum it's funny too because the world of outlaws guys are running one through ten every race one through twelve um they make they make them faster uh which they should but do you think if they added and kept adding more real world names and real world cars in the game that that would 
be an overall benefit. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're, I know what you're saying with like the guys who run five times a year, but like Dominic Selzy and Geo Selzy, like I'd love to see them in the game and stuff like that. Yeah, I, for sure. I think, you know, Brian Brown, Brent Marks, the Selzy brothers, um, you know, California's best, uh, Knoxville's best, Pennsylvania's best, uh, Lance DeWeese. I think he should be in the game. Um, I think Steve Kinzer should be in the game after you win certain races or championships or downloadable content. You got to buy a special car or something like that. I think Doug Wolfgang should be in the game again, maybe spend three ninety nine to buy the car pack or something kind of like Forza does stuff like that. But um, no, I'm not discriminating that there's more drivers than just the world of outlaw guys, but I think the guys that deserve to be in the game should be in the game. And then, Maybe some other guys shouldn't, but um, like I'm sure the guys that don't race much and are in the game that, I mean, that's probably one of the highlights of their lives and they're so happy and, and just ecstatic during the game. So at the end of the day, it's not a big deal, uh, but I'm just kind of stating my, my feelings on it. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I completely get where you're coming from. Uh, I know it was like, it's world of allies. So you guys kind of probably all had the same deal. Did you have to sign anything? Did you, did you guys as a team have to do anything besides send your pain scheme in or was there a process? Yeah, there was a contract. Um, again, um, if you sign the contract, you're in the game. If you did not sign the contract, uh, you weren't in the game. So, um, some people had some hang ups and people didn't and, um, yeah, uh, so it's all legally correct and in the way things should be. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're happy to be in the game. And if I was in the game for sure, that would be even bigger bummer. That's for sure. Josh, you got some other ones? No, I think I'm good. All right. Um, Add a couple more, David, because your dad uh, talked to me about you growing up in Connecticut. Uh, and I wanted to ask this, I wanted to save it for here. Uh, but I said, like, what did you guys do for racetracks in Connecticut growing up? Like, there couldn't have been much around there. And he goes, yeah, nothing. No, we just drove a ton. Yeah, there's no uh, dirt. You know, um, we had quarter midgets which i started at age of six we had two tracks meriden connecticut silver city quarter midget club and then thompson connecticut was called little t uh thompson also has a big track and they race uh you know a lot of modifieds and late model stuff there um as well as uh some Nima midget stuff and super modified sometimes but we got three big tracks connecticut all pavement uh, but I kind of went the dirt route and um, traveled to Pennsylvania in high school every Friday and raced in PA. And that's just kind of the route we went. But even racing in quarter midgets back in the day, uh, we went to Print, Nevada, went to Sacramento. We went to uh, Portland, Oregon, you know, Indiana, Florida, Georgia. We were all over the place. So I just was always used to traveling and, and trying to go with it where the competition was and, and try to race against the best. All right, and I'll give you the next 30 seconds as well. You can say anything bad you want to about the Pennsylvania Posse. Yeah, I don't know if bad or good. I would say that I appreciate the passion. Um, I appreciate the camaraderie they have and the banter. It's all part of the fun. There's nothing better than 
uh, you know, drawing a good pill in the drawer, winning a race and, and they're all booing and you can have some fun with them and uh, get them all pissed off. You know, a lot of them like to drink and, uh, you know, they definitely have a lot of liquid courage, but, uh, when they come down in the pits, they're real quiet and happy and it's just, it's all part of the fun. It's like a football game, you know, they're talking a bunch of shit in the, in the stands, but, um, after the fact, you know, they're just happy to, to meet you, our CEO and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Um, obviously they hated me in 2014. Um, but now that's, you know, eight years ago already. So, uh, mostly everybody has looked past that. Not everybody. There's always a few, but, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to, uh, race in Pennsylvania. You know, uh, hopefully we could keep building the PA and Port Royal gets an event one day and, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we get another national open one day, and hopefully you know dethrone Macri at Port one one time. Speaking of the posse, what made them so much tougher this year? They, they I think they swept a bunch of the podiums and stuff. And what what was different? If you can even put your finger on it. Yeah, they they dominated Port Royal. I think I was the only guy um, at Port Royal to run on the podium between the All Stars and the Outlaws. But if you look at their schedules, I mean, they do so much racing and they have a lot of time trial racing there as well. And it's against good competition. You got PA speed week, you have the all-stars and then going there three times. Uh, you got the Tuscarora 50, you got the dirt classic, but I say for Williams Grove and Port Royal, um, most, uh, Port Royal's unique um, in the sense that it gets really slick and it's a really big track. And the guys like Brent Marks and uh, Macri could bang off the wall, you know, 28 to 30 laps. Um, and that's something that Donnie Schatz, David Gravel, or Brad Sweet are not going to do. Um, and that's guys, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe based in or, or a Macedo or James McFadden might, but um, those guys go to that next level that, most drivers aren't willing to go to like Ross Chastain at Martinsville. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's one of those things that, um, when it gets slick in the bottom fast, Lance Deweese wins, but when it's banging against the wall, Brent Marks and Matt are guaranteed to win. So, um, then Williams Grove, man, it's just, uh, that is one of the most unique places, uh, that we go to. And I feel like it was a little bit more even this year. Um, in the past, we kind of been dominating Williams Grove, but this year the posse, I believe won more races at Williams Grove, but, um, that place is so much on track position. I'm going to say the winner is on the front row, uh, you know, 90% of the time. And of course, uh, Lance Suisse drew the pole and he's won like eight races there this year. So he hasn't even run a full season there. He won eight races. So his winning percentage is pretty damn good there at Williams Grove. So I don't want to make you feel old. I was, I was like 14 or 15 in 2014. You mentioned that. Why didn't they like you that year? Did you have a really good year in Pennsylvania? I I made contact with Stevie Smith, spun him out battling for the lead at the national open. And I won the national open that year. I'll have to go back and look that up. I honestly, I don't think I've ever heard that. That's insane. Yep. Sweet. Yep. yep. Check it out. It was a light tap to the bumper and I kept going and he got sideways spun out and, uh, yeah, it was like four to go. He kept going. So no caution and, and won the race. I love it. I'm going to have to do more research for every interview now. Cause I'm going to be cautious that I missed something like that. Um, last thing, what did you think of Ross Chastain? How do you like seeing that come across your feed? And do you think there should be a rule against that? I think that's kind of the debate kind of thing today. 
Yeah, so I have a strong opinion on it. When I saw it, it looked fake. I mean, that was crazy, the amount of speed he carried through the corner. Um, in my opinion, that isn't racing, in my opinion. Like, um, I don't think it should be allowed. Um, one, be- one, because it's a, it's a desperation thing that he couldn't make the next corner, right? So it's always going to be a last lap, last corner. And if that is allowed... Um, literally the leader is going to probably do that every single race at a short track like that. Uh, because if not, the second place guy is going to do it and probably beat him. So, um, I just think it's just not a good look, uh, to deliberately wreck your car. Um, I understand his situation that he was out of the playoffs and he just needed to gain two more positions to be in the final four and race for a championship. So if there's no rule against it and you have no other option, I mean, so be it. He, he did it. Um, but in my opinion, NASCAR will make a rule and they'll put an end to that moving forward. Now, if is that right or wrong? I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Everybody has one. And um, again, that just doesn't show to me like professional racing. That's more uh, like a Bowman Gray type thing. No, I th- I, I'll call it right. I'll call I totally it. Your, agree. Your opinion's 100% right. Um, I'm probably in the middle between that and Larson's take, calling it embarrassing, because I didn't think it was embarrassing. I thought it was like, that's probably the closest thing you're going to get to a Hail Mary in NASCAR. Um, I don't want to see yeah. three guys try it now that they know that it might be able to work. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is like, what's stopping a guy from trying that this week at Phoenix if you don't do something right away? And I don't think NASCAR is going to implement a rule from what I've heard um, this week. I know they're meeting with the drivers and that might come up with something, but those meetings haven't, uh, haven't really gone great <laughs> lately from what they've been talking about with safety and stuff like that. So I, I doubt something gets done before Phoenix and I wouldn't, I guess, I don't think it's likely, but I wouldn't be shocked if someone tries it next weekend. Yeah, I mean, if you're running second and it's you're going to be a champion or not, I'm doing it. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's something I thought nobody would ever try other than a video game. But, again, it's a last lap, last corner. All you got to do is get to that line. Uh, if you can't bring her back to trailer, uh, it doesn't matter. So, um, it's definitely wild and crazy. I think uh, the look on Justin Mark's face, I think he was – as confused as, or shocked as anybody and how that was even possible. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that Larson was just kind of disgusted that he, that he made it in that way. And I think that's why he kind of said embarrassing. That's a strong word, but um, you know, just kind of a, a thing that um, I don't get that NASCAR deal. How, how is um, Chase Elliott and the driver's championship, but the owner is it? And then how is Kyle Larson not in the drivers, but he's in the owners. Like didn't the same guys race all the races. Like, I got to understand how they're not equal. Yeah. So, and to your point, point stuff or no, well, I'll explain, but to your point, like that Kyle Larson interview, like if you haven't watched the video and, and you're a casual listener or whatever, go watch Larson's video. It's on Matt Weaver's feed. Like, just like you, David, he's like a really good conversationalist, but he'll do it in like a media scrum where he has 20 people asking him questions. And like, that's what I love about that dude is he'll just sit there and try to have a conversation with you. And so many reporters like don't want to, because they're accustomed to 
having like, hey, I'm going to ask him this question and see what answer he has. And then I'm going to ask him the next question. And he's so good at just, he asked the guy, like, what did you think about it? And the dude yeah. just didn't answer. And I'm like, I wish I was standing there asking him and, you know, having a conversation about it. Um, the owner's driver's playoff thing started with when Kurt Busch got hurt and he, his car made the playoffs. He didn't. So they allowed a driver to take his spot in the driver playoffs, but it was, that was all waiver based. Um, and then they put Bubba in the 45 car to get owner's points and take it through the playoffs. They thought he was a better option than Ty Gibbs. Um, so as that was going on, it was kind of like a domino effect. Like every round there was a different guy when Bowman went out, uh, Noah Gregson took over his car and he was racing that one. So it's been two or three injuries, uh, have kind of caused it to, have different guys in each title shot. And the funny thing is the owner's championship pays out more than the driver one does. I just still don't understand that though. Like the top four guys, they weren't involved in any of the injuries or any of the, the driver swaps, neither was Larson. So I just don't understand how Larson's car uh, owner is in it and, and he's not. And then how Chase Elliott has the best like average finish. And he was like, the highest point guy going into Martinsville, how his car is not in, but he is in. I don't. How, why is Chase Elliott's owner and driver points different? It's so it's tough for me to pinpoint exactly where. But at the Roval, uh, Larson got in on owners' points by one or two and missed it by the same margin. I think it might have been by one um, for the driver one. Uh, and then same with Elliott at Martinsville. Obviously, he was in by five on the driver's side, but because it was different on the owner's side, when Chastain did that move, I, he got past Elliott uh, because Larson had taken another spot away. Oh, uh, okay. So he was already locked in because he won a race then. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's why. Okay. All right. Yep. I got it now. It's confusing. Um, the the purse being set up like it is too is like really odd because I know like the I think all the driver contracts are set up different and everyone gets a different share of if they win the title. Luckily, you guys don't have to worry about that. You can just go out and try to win one. Yeah, for sure. It's it's fifty fifty. Um, yeah, I don't know if the owners championship. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that all works in NASCAR. I'll have to I'll have to ask Kyle what, what the deal is with that. I've seen how dirt fans would react, but do you want to give us a soundbite that just strongly encourages from David Gravel and NASCAR style playoff format in the world of Outlaws? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. We just want some more listeners. If they listen to the whole thing, they get the context. Yeah, I know. We yeah, we need a uh, some clickbait for sure. Uh, <laughs> I will. I mean, I would love it if you win. You're locked in, man. That that would be a lot easier, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I like the format. I like what we're doing. Old school, uh, build it up. You know, so many com people complain about how is you know Carson Macedo not leading the points. He has twelve wins, and Brad Sweet has five. But um, yeah, you just gotta look at average finish. I mean, that's what it comes down to. The guy that has the best average finish. Now there is a slight uh, uh, benefit to winning more races. There's two extra points to win. Um, so. I mean, typically, if you win the most races, you're going to have a great shot at winning the championship. 
And you, uh, like, speaking of that, like, not to, I've, I've asked you a ton about seasons where you've come up short, so sorry about that. But you won 18 races uh, a few years ago and didn't win it because Donnie was still dominating like he was. Yeah, I believe he won more races than me, right? So I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I ran third in points and won 18 races. So uh, I was definitely, you know, not the driver I am today in, in the sense of consistency. Um, you know, you just get hopefully smarter and better and well-rounded driver as you, uh, you know, get older. And, um, you know, that year I was very proud, you know, we won the national open that year, had the perfect 500 night at Knoxville. So that, that was a great year for me in my career and, uh, CJB, that's for sure. You think we're ever going to see the eight, 19, 20 win seasons ever again? Man, I don't know. It's so hard to say, like, this year we've had so many guys that aren't outlaws win and Brent Marks winning five. And I think Gio won three and then the posse taking as many as they did this year. Um, if we take back Pennsylvania and we win more races uh, than, than them, I think you have an opportunity to do that. But when you race what over 10 times in PA, and, and posse wins, say, eight of the 11 or whatever, eight, eight of the 12, um, that takes a lot of the wins away. So um, this year we had a lot of rainouts as well. Um, I think we had like 13 or 14 uh, rainouts, so that definitely hurt, hurt the win totals as well. But um, I, I think it's possible. How likely is it? I don't know. But, um, yeah, hopefully that could be me. I never got 20. I got 18. So I think 20 is an elite category. I think there's only been a handful of guys that have done that. David, who's uh, I'm curious, who's one guy um, I won't even throw out name suggestions. Who's one guy you'd like to see run the world of Outlaws full time next year? You can pick anyone and anyone in racing. Um, you can do a hypothetical one that's not real and one that maybe is more positive. This is real. I mean, let let's put these these young kids here that that they think they're the next Kyle Larson. Let's get Ryan Timms to run the full world of Outlaw Tour and let's see how he does. You know, it's. It's, uh, in my opinion, men versus boys. I think he's extremely talented. I think that he will win races on the World of Outlaw Tour, hands down. But um, when you got to race 90 times uh, against the World of Outlaws, it, it beats you down. Uh, I don't care if you're Donnie Schatz or Brad Sweet or David Gravel. There's times in the season where you struggle and nothing goes your way, but you just got to get back up the next day and race hard. So I would say uh, all the young kids out there um, – they want to be world of outlaw guy, just come out and try it. Cause it's, it's not as easy as anybody thinks. And, uh, people could have good, good races, uh, you know, splash in there and, and have a good weekend, but it's a totally different ball game running the full year. Is there an, and we'll try to get you off here. I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time, but is there a little animosity there with Ryan Timms after, uh, I guess, was there any talk in the garage and the pits after his uh, picture with the world of allies holler? Uh, there's no animosity. I would say if he wants that's a, to yeah, that's a strong game. word for it too. Yeah. He wants to play the game, banter game or whatever and stir the pot is fine, but uh, rules are rules. I, I wasn't able to race with the world of outlaws, uh, before I was 16. I, I, I ran a sprint car when I was 15. So, um, just, it couldn't be in, in the four tens or, or, uh, world of outlaws. So, um, it is what it is. Um, he's a talented kid. I think him and Corey day are the top two, 
uh, young talents uh, in sprint car racing. And I think they're going to be very good race car drivers. Um, so it'll be exciting to see uh, where they end up and, and how well they do and what kind of careers they have. But again, it's sprint car racing is fun, but uh, man, you do the world volatile tour year after year. It, uh, it definitely humbles you and uh, makes you have a different outlook. That's for sure. I think my uh, pipe dream, other than Larson pulling the same video game style move at Phoenix, that would be awesome next week. Uh, but other than that, I want to get you in on the banter game. We don't get a lot of fiery quotes from you at other people, so I want to I want to coach you up and get you there. Yeah, I'll try. I got to be pissed off or, or drunk to do that. So uh, <laughs> that's not really in my DNA to do it, but. If I got a rivalry with somebody or if I have a point to prove, I'll definitely throw some good one liners out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. All I say is, uh, you want to be a world law walk, come and do it. Awesome. I love it. Well, thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks yeah, for having me. Good luck this weekend. Thank you.